Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're having a good day. I wanted to do a little precursor before we started this podcast just to give a little intro. Uh, I had an opportunity to sit down with my friend Mia Voss earlier this week. And Mia is, uh, she's an interesting gal. I tell you, we met, I think about, gosh, it must have been about seven years ago at a livingsocial.com job interview. We were all kind of gunning for the same job interview for the, for like the West Coast region. So I met Mia there, and Mia's had an extremely interesting life. She's gone from being a fashion model in New York to having her own building instruction company for commercial projects, and she's been involved with a number of different endeavors throughout her life. And most recently, she decided, you know what? I'm going to be an influencer. And so in this podcast, she talks about how when she turned 50 years old that she decided, you know what, I want to change gears and I want to be a brand ambassador for travel, for food, for automotive industry, for lifestyle, all that good stuff. And her niche is that she represents women in the 40 to 50 plus age group, which actually makes 85% of all the consumer purchases. And so uh, it's a very powerful age group to tap into. And so what she does is she goes all over the world and does different travel and adventure um, packages and just writes about them, blogs about them, puts on her website. Her website is MiaOnTheGo.com. I recommend you go there and check it out. The link's also available in the the, uh, podcast description at the notes below. But we sat down and we talked about what it's like to be an influencer and kind of what it takes to get involved in it and Mia's mindset as she got going with the whole influencer um, endeavor. So uh, it's a really interesting conversation. We This is getting kind of late in the evening after we've been hanging out for a while, so we kind of go off tangent a little bit. But there's a lot of good info in, in here if you're interested in kind of learning a little bit more about that lifestyle. So um, without further ado, Mia Voss. Now it's a party. We have wine. We had a little CBD. We got beer. <laughs> we got dog. We got, we got Sierra chilling with us. Yeah, it's all good. But, but you know, it's like it's like people look at the uh, the influencer thing because uh, we both do that. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm uh, you, you do you do way more than I do, which I think I, I've looked to your your um, just trajectory with that over the past couple of years, and I'm just like, damn. It's. It's been something. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. You got, you got like new cars every week that the people are kicking I in do. and stuff. And it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's, if you, you had their responsibility comes with that. And I think that's the thing that, that people don't get. They think it's just kind of a, I show up and, and you know, what I get a lot and it just happened last night is, oh, that sounds great. I'd really like to do what you do. Now, I know you have a standard answer, which is, do you know everything that goes into, yeah. you know, when the camera stops, yeah, yeah there's, there's, um, there's a lot of due diligence for both of what we do. So for me, the first answer thing that I say to people is like, okay, well, who's listening to you? And they'll say, what? And I'm like, that's great. If you want to do this, who's going to listen to you if you talk about it? Yeah. And so they, and so people say, well, I will reach this. I'm like, no, who's listening to you now? Yeah. Have you built that audience that is going to be receptive? Because that sounds great, but you can broadcast it out to a bro- an empty audience and an influencer or these brands have no interest in that too. Right. But I like operating under what's called the micro influencer because the term influencer really gets a lot of resentful glances from people. Yeah. Um, people either love it or they resent it. Um, but don't understand what goes into it. So I, what I've been trying to do is change the tide of what responsible influencers do because there are a lot of people out there that are just looking to get free shit, yeah. period, right? And then we just talked about this before we turned on the, um, 
turned on the mic that um, there's a certain point where you have to go, okay, I don't need a bunch of free stuff. I need to be compensated because the value of what I present for you or what I, you know, what I give to you, the the ROI, Mm -hmm. it it has a lot of value. It's not just a, oh, free exposure kind of thing. Yeah. So it's really getting very clear on what your value is and um, doing the work, putting in the work, putting in the time to build the audience and get that no like trust factor. Yeah. Because yeah. that's mainly what it is. Like, oh, I, so who cares what you say? Yeah. Like, that's I've great, no, but who's listening, listening to you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting in the outdoor world. I had a company I worked with just recently, and they, they told me, they're like, you know, we've, we've made a complete shift from the way we've marketed product over the last 20 years or how we've launched product over the last 20 years. Okay. They used to hire the actor, you know, individual mm-hmm. to come in and pretend like they were this outdoor person. And... <laughs> the guy was telling me, he's like, we could sit here and look at these individuals and tell they've never spent one day out in the backcountry. But yeah, they're supposed the, to, the, the real folk? Yeah, they yeah. know what's what. Yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're like, you know, we, we're sure that our customers can kind of see the phoniness of this mm-hmm. as well. And so there's been this shift in, in the outdoor industry to where it's like, well, they need the people that live it every day, mm-hmm. you know? And so my bargaining chip with the companies that approach me now is like, okay, so for the last four years when I've been living out of my truck full time mm-hmm. and I decked up that truck, I spent an enormous amount of money upgrading my truck to the way that it, you know, to, to have like the onboard water system and the onboard power system oh, yeah, and all that the stuff. Oh, yeah, the whole progress has been amazing to watch too. It yeah. has not been an overnight thing. Yeah, yeah it's been an evolving thing that's gone on for gosh better part of six years now yeah it's been a trial and error and a test mm-hmm. test and the whole thing and then like the winter camping endeavor i mean i spent literally before i got here i spent the entire day packing up that tent okay. and, and everything talked to you at nine o'clock this morning yeah and i was like i'm getting ready to break down the tent i showed up here at 5 30 at night and it's only a two-hour drive here so right, right. it's like that whole day and you know i have had companies in the past approach me hey what if we give you a free hammock for like two days worth of your time i'm like your product is 25 dollars. got to be kidding yeah me. and i'm like i'm like how cheap can you get and, you know, so those companies, I immediately just be like, no. Yeah, and, yeah and it's like, it, that doesn't pay the bills. Um, and so it's, it, it's weird how, like, they went from this shift where they paid the, paid the talent, mm-hmm. but it wasn't actually talent that did what they were repping. Right. They, it was, that was old school mindset mm-hmm. advertising. And then the new mindset up until now, hopefully it's changing now, but the, the new mindset was, well, we'll just give you free product or we'll mention you on social media. Right, and it was like, and and that's okay when you're starting out. And, yeah, and, but you and it's been it, there's there's a lot of work to it of, again building you know building that content, building that validity, and you you do do that, but you also don't want to um, ask for too much in the beginning yep. or take too less too much less. Totally, when and you're at this point, you know I think that's the hard thing for for people that want to get into doing this. It's like there's no blueprint. Nope. It's like, you know, when I was in And my blueprint is not going to be your blueprint or even somebody new. You have to find, just like we were talking about with the CBD industry or or CBD as supplements, Uh same thing. You have to find your own secret sauce, your own recipe. Yeah. And so mine is different because, and I finally, in fact, I mean, it's been pretty exciting because I, I clicked into the truth of what I'm doing and I was very resistant to being specific to the female audience because Mm. I am completely unisex. I've run a building inspection business for 20 years (laughs) and then ran a women's networking group and I'm like, I like balance. I, you know, there's a reason why mother nature still has us at 51, 49% of male, female. Yeah. You think about that. Even even evolution's not going to let us anybody you know no matter matter about the you know 85 cents on the dollar that females get (laughs) 
you know, there's still mother nature still like, yeah, nice try everybody. <laughs> but you're all going to be in the same bucket. But I finally embraced the fact that I am the voice of the, the, the largest buying power, which is females. Mm. Women also make 85% of the buying decisions, whether that's their money or not. Mm. It is a standard number here in the United States that overall buying decisions are made by women. So when I finally realized for my brand, my audience is 50, 50 male, female, but who I represent are women over 40 who make a shit ton of the buying decisions and we have a lot of buying power and a lot of buying history behind us. So once I got comfortable with that, and in fact, I, I first um, rolled it out at the, um, the TBEX conference right when I came back from Italy and I rolled up on this conference. It was almost like this speed dating thing where they had all the convention and visitors bureau mm-hmm. folks out on these different um, tables and then you had eight minutes pitch, boom, move to the next one. And I started pitching that of like, you know, I represent, you know, I connect businesses and brands to their largest buying audience, which is females. Boom. And it was just lighting everybody up that I spoke to. Nice. Especially because most of them are women over 40. And they're like, yes. <laughs> like finally a voice finally. for us. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying that it's like a vagina monologues of my brand. It's just <laughs> that that's who I'm representing. And so getting comfortable with that. And I'm on a tangent on this because once I figured out that that's my story, uh-huh. that's what worked for me. Cool. And I wasn't embarrassed about competing with 25-year-old millennial or 25-year-old Instagram stars because that's not me. Yeah. And I was okay with that. Well, one thing I've, I've always really, well, I've always been impressed with how you've been able to generate a buzz. You know, you, 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 can, get, you can get things going. Because I make everything a joke. Well, I, but, but you're good at it. You're good at it, though. I, I do put, once I added fun into my business model, dude, yeah. that changed everything oh, for totally. me. Oh, totally. Right? The same thing with me with YouTube. Like, when I first got going, all my videos were like, and here's how you set up your truck if it's 20 degrees outside. It's like this dorky-ass shit. Right. And then now it's like I put in stuff that's like boop, more, boop, boop, boop. yeah, just like, mm-hmm. hey, that's what I'm doing throughout the day. And then Sierra will go, like, jump through the, the scene or something, and it's cool. But. It's that personal factor, and I and I and you do it so well. I, I, I adore that because it, it does add in the like I'm just being me yeah right well I think I think you know when when I was before I got started in this I did meet some people that were that that, that were and still are very big deals in the outdoor industry mm-hmm. but then once I met them I'm like hey they're, they're kind of quirky like I am yep you know like they're just people yep. and uh, That's I had cool. I had one of those individuals um, <clears throat> tell me you know we were camping and I asked him for advice I was like how did you get to where you're at he's like dude you got to live it every day he goes, you know, the outdoor industry doesn't doesn't really um, was it sponsor. Because it sounds like every day. Exactly with that draw. Right. Uh, but he, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, the outdoor industry doesn't sponsor the weekend warrior. They sponsor the full time person. Yeah. Who's out there doing it every day. Yes. And I asked him, I was like, how long did it take you before you got recognized? He's like, six years. I'm thinking, oh man, I'm only like, I'm like two months deep at yeah. this conversation, knowing what I'm doing. And now, yeah. now I'm almost but four years. But you're not just deep. You're balls deep. In. Okay. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Like the water's cold. Right. It, it is cold. <laughs> I've been doing the cold plunges in the in, in the rivers. It's been chilly, but no. But you know what? One now. thing about with with you though, uh, I've always I've always been super impressed at how you're like I'm gonna go do what I want to do. I'm gonna go travel. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do these things, and you know so, sometimes or, or when I first met you, a lot of times you would just go out. You're like I'm going by myself. I don't care. I'm just yep. doing it, which that's so cool. And I and and you know, I'll get uh, females that will message me and be like, Oh, I'd love to do what you do, but I don't have anybody to go with. Sure. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, if they could hear stories like like what you've done, mm-hmm. 
and the travels that you've done. And, and, and it obviously for women, it's different than men. Men don't have to be as aware of their surroundings. Right. Just due to, you know, um, this is the way life is. But, True. but, it's, but it's like you can still go out there and do that if, if you have the confidence, number one. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. And, it's I, a, and, I, and even more so a mindset. Uh-huh. It, it really is is a mindset, but but that doesn't mean um, that you are flying blindly. You're just prepared to. It just and, and every trip is different. Uh, I'll 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 speak to it for my last trip when I went to um, and and Charlie was supposed to go with me, um, but I went to Italy by myself for three weeks. Now nine days of that was on a guided tour, mm-hmm. so that was kind of a spoon fed and hand fed. You know, you didn't really have to think too much. So I, I literally started off with five days in Rome by myself, followed up with nine days on a guided tour. So I had. This really (laughs) big comparison, right? Um, I will say the five days was better in some ways because the guided tour, I did not have my freedom of choice. Mm. Um, And I'm an outgoing introvert. And so I get very drained by hours and hours with too many people that I'm not I'm not comfortable with and I, and I don't mean that I'm that there's a discomfort it's just not as much comfort in that too so you feel like you're on a lot so I adored the five days in Italy in in Rome by myself the first couple of days but I, I had a, a pretty secure mindset about it and um, you know there's a lot of legwork beforehand to see like where are you staying but then I met this amazing woman here I am walking around this this area called um, I mess it up every time with the inflection trastevere. I think it's either trastevere or trastevere, and that's like the little more of the the um, where the locals go oh, in okay. Rome, which is amazing. It's over on the other side of the river, so all the big attractions are here, and then trastevere is on this part, and it's very packed in and um, super vibrant. And the the biggest thing I did is I kept my mouth shut most of the time. Mm. I just stayed quiet and I listened, and I observed. And so you just have to be That'd really be so observant. Cool. It was super cool. I ended up meeting this woman that was um, really big in the in the um, the women's feminist movement over there in Italy. And I just oh man, it was like I walked into this old history of of uh, the whole area, um, the building that I was staying in. It was an amazing Airbnb, and uh, that was actually um, a place. It was for unwed mothers that they were just sent to this building the the um you know the catholic church bought the whole block wow and the whole area was basically for wayward women and for me for being an empath i picked up on that energy like right off the bat so to get woo for a second for your listeners and not to get too weird but i think the biggest thing for women um that's empowering and it and it's going to be the best way to succeed is to really tap into our instincts into our um intuition so here's my story. I'm sticking to it. I did a keynote on this two weeks ago. Everybody has intuition, but women's tend to be more uh, distinct because we are considered prey. Mm. Prey animals, horses, for, for instance, they are amazing uh, therapy animals because they are prey. That means they are attuned to everything around them all the time. In some ways, we are as well as women. And so if we can attune into our intuition and make that a superpower dude mm-hmm. that's the way to that's the way to go so I, I really suggest that for when you're traveling get super grounded uh, meditate a lot just get grounded be just be super intuitive but not fearful because mm-hmm. fear actually attracts a lot of weird shit yeah it does yeah no that's that, that's that's good stuff 
it's a it's a little high <laughs> it's a little high level spiritual but i i just feel for for women to just be able to drop that um to drop the fear to stay positive to stay attuned mm-hmm. um i think, and, that, I think and, that intuition like you were saying is huge it's it's i'm telling you because I, I i literally after not to get political but after the kavanaugh situation i was really bugged by you know just a lot of the old paradigm thoughts even for myself as a 53 year old woman who by the way is the same age as kavanaugh so a lot of these stories stirred up a lot for me mm-hmm. of um a lot of the dialogue and the behavior that we put up with, like, mm. oh, that's just boys being boys, or, yeah. oh, I'm just being too sensitive, or mm. I, I shouldn't have, I should have worn this. All that that mm-hmm. old mindset thinking. Um, and so that's when I started to think about, well, how as women are we going to level up and, and be on par? Get to that 49, 51% that Mother Nature even wants us to be at, yeah. the 50, 50%, right? Um, and, I, and that's when intuition kept coming to me like this feel the dreams kind of voice and I'm like shut up I'm trying to watch Netflix I heard you (laughs) intuition but then I remembered going to uh, a horse therapy place that my friend had and I just stopped by and her horse kept nudging me in the chest like a motorboat I'm like what's your horse doing she said something's going on in your in your heart like can you can you sit and talk can you just sit and talk through it and let me tell you something some stuff came out and I'm like how did that horse know that and she said because horses are prey animals so their intuition about energy they have nothing to filter it through and I think as women if we can use that as a superpower again so it's not out of fear but as of Wow, you could you could discern immediately who you want to do business with, mm-hmm. who you want to be friends with, what restaurant you want to go into. Mm-hmm. I'm not I mean, kidding. I mean, even I would think even uh, just the individuals that are around you, because so, so like mm. um, I, I had a you can avoid weird energy like that. Yeah, that uh, one of my friends was on the podcast uh, recently. Her, her name's Marion. She's from Arizona, and she's mm-hmm. she goes out and solo travels all the time and uh-huh. does all these cool adventuring. And she said that too about intuition. She's like, you know, a lot of times as women, women will um, say, oh, they'll second guess their intuition. Oh, I'm just being a little bit over critical sure. or whatever it may be. Yeah, we got to get rid of that. Yeah, we got to ditch that. Yeah, and it's like especially if you are in a situation where it's just you and one other person, that one other person's giving you bad vibes, mm-hmm. like just bolt. Like get your yeah. stuff and get out of there. The, the, the days of, and it's so, you know, depending on your age, certainly me being born in the mid-60s uh, from that until even, you know, women that are that are your age born in the mid 70s mm-hmm. that old you know don't make a fuss don't make people feel uncomfortable um the intuition has either been intimidated out of us shamed out of us talked out of us beaten out of us whatever you want to say mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, reasons why women have chosen not to do that and there's a book called the gift of fear and the author is gavin de becker and he used to be with the fbi and a friend of mine, Erin um, Weed, who's local here, she's now working with a lot of TEDx speakers. She used to have a group called Girls Fight Back, and a good friend of hers was killed by someone who was a um, actually a serial killer, and she fought so hard in the prior to her death that he, she left uh, her DNA on him, mm. and um, and they and actually she got his DNA under her nails. And I can remember, Yeah, that was that was yeah. Aaron Weed and, and so she had a group um, educating women in uh, colleges about fighting back of like, you know, just did that. And mm-hmm. so the Gavin DeBecker De talks a lot about that, that it actually is a gift and I think the word would be more the gift of intuition. 
And so stop feeling badly about getting on this elevator. Stop feeling badly um, if your daughter doesn't want to hug someone. Huge thing that I've seen people post lately about do not, especially during the holidays, don't ask your kids to hug somebody they don't fucking like. Yeah. Kids is the kids' intuition. Oh, it's yeah. Are, they, they don't have a lot of things to filter. So yeah. Um, I love that that your friend is is using that too. Yeah. Because there there's a lot out there that we can see and experience and and not have to um, go travel with somebody we don't want to travel with simply based on the need to have somebody with us. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, it, even in just in my own travels, I'm, you know, being a guy, I don't have the same uh, concerns that women do traveling, traveling solo, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's been such a confidence builder for me to like go out and, and you know, you, you travel and you do all these great things and, mm-hmm. then, and then like you meet cool people and it expands, it just expands your horizon, you know, your, your, your perspectives mm-hmm. just grow, you know, and, and, um, I just I, I don't want women to ever be in you know to, to sit there and think like oh I have to wait for somebody to go with me you know. Um, I um, hope that is a fading, uh, a fading issue for people to, yeah. to to get into that because I think the more that we do show up and are present in a lot of these places, that the more it's going to it's going to just be normalized mm-hmm. for women women to travel alone. So there's not this um, you know, like women going to bars and you know the the old like men buying you a drink and then the anger ensuing when you don't engage with them simply based on that. I'm like, dude, I, I got in a no pact with you at all. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, there's that, that's a whole other ball game of, of, of how uh, men tend to dialogue with women mm-hmm. and how we, um, you know, in the, in the, for me at least, it's been a long time since I've bought into that shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I made no, I made no agreement with you yeah. to, to make you feel better about not living up to whatever your expectation was, right? Totally. And it's interesting with um, when you talked about, you know, being a, being a man and, and um, traveling and having no fear. So part of this whole intuition thing that came up, there's another section to it. So my boyfriend, Charlie, who you met earlier, he's not a big guy. He's maybe 5'11". And um, so I have the scale upstairs that I weigh myself on. And once in a while, it gets fussy and it gets stuck. And I have to have Charlie stand on it to, to reset it, right? I'm like, bitch, come on. <laughs> Don't make me bring the man in so you can weigh me. So, um, so Charlie comes in. And this was, again, in this whole process when the intuition thing kept coming to me. And, I, and it was prior to this... this um, keynote that I that I wrote this for uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago um, so Charlie gets on the scale and I look down at the number and I and I, I said out loud I said 70 pounds and he said what I said you weigh 70 pounds more than me and he said okay and I said that 70 pounds is the difference of the entire way your mindset has been and how mindset mine has been and he said what do you mean I said your 70 pounds is a safety to you. You have never thought about looking in the back seat when you get into a car, yeah. about getting into an elevator, mm-hmm. about fear. And he's like, oh my God, I never thought of that. I'm like, no. not not to say that a woman that weighs more than that, but it it is a mindset of how you guys think mm-hmm. of your your girth and simply based on yeah. an appendage. Well, <laughs> Let's face well, it. Yeah, you you know? Know, it, and it's like, now we're uh, getting deep. <laughs> well, well, but it's true though. You know, I've thought about that in the in the past. I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm super close to my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very protective of her, and I've always been of that mindset of like, you know, treat 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 women with the utmost respect. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about safety. You know, like all that stuff. And um, my friend Marion, who I was talking about earlier, you know, she she said she's like, man, you wouldn't believe the shit that I hear every day. And I'm thinking, and and I was like, wait a minute, 
guys say that shit to you every day? And she's like, yeah, you hear it every day. And and I, and I was like, yep. I it, was like, holy fuck. I'd be like, you know. But even if it was once a month, that's yeah, one it's, too it's many. Exactly. Because I, I can remember like the few instances when a woman would be like, damn, nice ass or what, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right, you know? And I'll be, yeah. I'll, I feel kind of violated. I'm like, yeah, whoa, like, it, hey. look, I haven't even got my coffee at this Slow morning. Your this is, <laughs> Slow your roll. It's 7.30 a.m. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not ready to bone right now. But, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not DTF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, it, but it's like, you know. Um, so I experienced that what a handful of times in my life, sure. and, it, and it made me feel uncomfortable. But the women have to deal with that every day, you know. And it's like that's a different dynamic that guys don't don't think about because we don't experience it. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's foreign to us. And a lot of times, guys call bullshit on it because they because they they do, and and, and then they're wrong for doing that. But the, you know, you're you're one you're a uh, woke good man, so it it can come to us as a shock for you because. You just don't operate in that. Now, when you're younger, you tend to, either in high school or college, you know, you, you have to be around more of these dynamics of these shitty men that you're just like, oh, what, a, what an asshole, yeah. what a douche, right? Um, but then as you get older and you can pick and choose your environment around you, you have less of that. Mm. So it's really a shock to you, too, because not only do you not hear it, you're not around it to hear it. Yeah. And so there's not that environment. So I'm, I'm kind of formulating this as I'm speaking, actually, because, you know, as women, we still we still get it. And then you get into the older dynamic, the older generation again, which is why I really have honed my brand, too, to give a voice to older women, because we have all this buying power and a muzzled audience. Yeah a muffled audience or we have a silence about oh you know there's you know we become obsolete in some ways Mm -hmm. so there's so there's that piece too of being um you know relegated to obsolescence so you either have too much attention or Or, then you're then you're invisible i see yeah i see what you're saying well i i think that you know the work that you're doing and you know bringing the voice to to Mm -hmm. like you said the, the 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 40 plus the voice, the vibrance, the normalcy, mm-hmm. too, because it doesn't even have to be this, like, woo, jumping out of planes and cray-cray yeah. and that whole thing. It's just more like, I like cool shit, too. And I was telling you earlier about some of the car companies that were inviting kind of the old boys club to these, um, you know, really great little outings where they're out there um, up by the places you hang out and they've got you know these great trucks that they're going out mudding and mm-hmm. um, you know stick shift cars that are like you know like fun on ice and that whole thing I'm like now why would you think I wouldn't want to do that yeah, exactly. why would you not want a woman in there going this shit's awesome yeah, right because we are making the buying decisions whether it's our car or we have a voice in it because we drive it a lot too so it's yeah. it's, it's a it's a mindset mindset <laughs> I had a lot of wine a mindset shift that's what I meant to say <laughs> so um, let's see what I'll, I'll probably edit this out because I don't know what I was going to ask next I wanted to talk about something about like kind of how you got started with doing the influencer thing like sure like what, accidentally everything in my life is accidental but really this is, yeah so when when you started when you started doing I don't mean to be I don't mean to be like no 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 really no. like uh, cavalier about it. it like it literally was like let's try this really yes because I I've um, you know like all of us we don't fit in <laughs> even those that we think are fitting in they don't feel like they, they fit yeah, in I don't yeah. think anybody does so uh-huh. so we should think about how that 
That's why I spend so much time in the forest because I feel like I feel awkward in some situations in normal life. So I'm like, oh, I'll be out there solo by myself and everything's cool. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. Like we come across as gregarious people, mm-hmm. and we are. I'm a. Gre- I'm just a gregarious loner. I have to have a lot of reset time. So, you know, with with the influencer stuff, that that literally started with my 50th birthday. I was doing a lot online before that, doing a lot of um, shows on Google Plus back in the day, yay, when that was a thing. So Google Plus. <laughs> Is that was, still around? It's going to go out permanently next year in 2019. Is it really? Uh, it still is a great platform. I, I actually, um, through Google Photos, and that that goes through Google+, Plus. Um, I do a lot of albums uh, for a lot of my pictures <clears throat> through Google. So it's still still Google, but man, they just never got it yeah. together with that. So, But back then I was doing a lot of interviews, and that was when Google+, Plus was, a, and it still is attached to YouTube. Um, and... You know, I got this idea, talk about spirit, and I wanted to go to Italy for my 50th birthday. And I kept thinking, okay, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to do this? And you know, I was interviewing and constantly doing these these um, live shows. And I kind of got this message from spirit of like, why don't you just reach out to a lot of these people, hotels, different places you talk to around the world and see if they want you to come and interview them and do something in trade. Oh, and I, so I, I thought that up in about September of 2014. First, my mindset was, how do I make more money to pay for this? I'm like, wait a second. Why don't I leverage what my superpowers are, which is storytelling, interviewing people, and connecting things, and putting that on video, go see if they'll do it. So I just started pitching it mm-hmm. in um, September of 2014 and got it set up with a couple hotels and traveled to Italy and went by myself uh, for three weeks in March of 2015 for my 50th birthday. That's and that crazy. was that was crazy because I, I started working out six months beforehand because I knew, like, I need to be ready to throw down, run, do whatever it is. <laughs> and thank God I did because there was a couple times that I almost missed my train. So there was oh, never really? a danger thing. It was more like, shit, <gasps> I got to get, get this back. I got to get to that spot. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, came back from that and that's when I, I realized, hey, the, you know, there's something to this. There's something to offering to storytell and work with a brand, work with a hotel, work with, work with uh, a city and present you know, some kind of content that's my version of it mm-hmm. rather than these old mindset influencers paid, yeah. you know, that those are paid spokespeople. Yeah, totally. More than anything. Yeah. And, you know, I do consider myself a spokesperson as well, but that's only if I truly believe in the brand. So it has to have, you know, a social component to it mm-hmm. or a, a social good component to it. Certainly not anybody who's just <laughs> raping and pillaging to, you know, yeah. make a lot of money. No and, oil companies, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going, you know, like commercial farming, Walmart, that whole thing. I'm, I'm out, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that's... that. And I, I had a, a story from a situation that happened about two years ago, and this was about a year into doing a lot of the brand ambassadorship, and I had a, a hotel company that... They wanted to work with me, and they were going to send me to Chicago, and and so they one of those things where I would represent the hotel and all the different you know the things that you could do while where you're in that city. So they were kind of dragging their feet on making the plans, and and I was supposed to go to Chicago, and they said, so I have a couple choices for you for hotel brands, and one of them is this brand, Trump. 
oh, Pedro really? Portel. So this is this is mid 2016. So we weren't even in. Um, they hadn't even been elected, mm-hmm. and I just said, you know, I'd rather not with them. Um, but and this was before a lot of the crazy stuff came out. This is about uh, I'd say um, July of 2016. So it was bad, but not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. So. Uh, I said, I'd rather not. So then they came back and they said, oh my gosh, we've got this great deal for you. The Trump Hotel is going to give you all this stuff and, and, and a week in, in their one of their apartments and restaurants and salons and blah, 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 blah. And it was so tough for me because I, I had to choose. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like, you know, Jesus on the mount, like, you know, the whole like, we'll give you all this, but you have to solve your soul. And I finally said, you know, it's not even that my, my that about how I believe as far as my politics, my brand is not politics. Yeah. And there's no way I could spend a week going mm-hmm. hashtag Trump hotels, hashtag this and that mm-hmm. and show my enthusiasm. Right. So I had to pass it up. Yeah. And I ended up getting my own Airbnb and just like slowing it on my own. Cause I just like, I can't do that. Yeah. So I really encourage people. If you want to work with brands, you've, you've got to be yourself like you are with, with, with your brand and how I am. Of, yeah. You know, Cause that's going to attract it rather than this, this stodgy. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like people can uh, sense when others sell out, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see it. You'll see it with, with some personalities or whatever. You'll be following them and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they go this, you know, they, they kind of go in a different direction. You're like, okay, what happened there? Yep. Who, who got to them and influenced them there? And Because uh, I don't believe you use that project, that product. That's I don't believe. Yeah, them. yeah, you know, totally. Like, there's no way from the way their lifestyle is that um, they're using an Aveda product when I know you're going to these high end, you know, yeah. at, least, at least you know that's yeah. that's kind of how it rolls. So. Yeah, and it's like it's like a, it's it's kind of like in, in the outdoor world how like Bear Grylls got outed for having all that awesome food and stuff on set. Mm-hmm. But but then again too, it's like his set was just it was just entertainment. It, it wasn't right. like he was really out there, you know, roughing it. And that dude's a badass too because he mm-hmm. was like whatever the special forces is from his country, he was on that. and you know, like, Right, so you knew he had the validity, but he yeah. probably sold out a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, for people that are looking to, to possibly do influencer stuff, it's like if you stay true and you stay authentic, mm-hmm. that's your biggest bargaining chip. It's not... It's, it, it's Well, like attracts like, too, because then you're not going to have to make a lot of those choices of, like, oof. Yeah. Know. Yeah, totally, and and like you were saying, there's no there's no blueprint to it. So no, and I, I think don't go into it thinking that's going to be your money maker right off the bat. No, you yeah. really have to have a couple things going on at once. I mean, I still have my building inspection business mm-hmm. that that I adore, and I get paid to go boss men around on a job site. I mean, come <laughs> that's on, right up your alley. It, yeah. You go do this. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's funny because that's I mean, talk about learning negotiating skills and. And just standing your ground, but uh-huh. not feeling you have to throw a fit to get your way, which is what's expected of women and some, what, what the mindset is. But, um, but again, to go back to the, to the being an influencer, you, you have to just, because you'll make bad decisions if you're only doing it for the money right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. You'll make, you'll just, you'll really kind of sell your soul. Yeah. I would, I would definitely agree. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've seen some people do that and it doesn't end well for them. You're probably one of the, the best things that happened to me that that made me realize I was doing the right thing is I was going through this hard hard time with the car companies and just feeling like okay you're not going to listen to women or you're not interested in that and a friend of mine who's a mid-30s millennial that I just adore and he was doing a podcast and I was driving down the road and just really feeling kind of down and and his podcast came on and 
uh, he was talking about, you know, I, he said, when I when I think about car companies, he said, I'm not going to believe that Matthew McConaughey is going to drive that Lincoln. It's like, what I believe is when my friend Mia Voss is going to drive a car and tell me about it. And I, I pulled over in tears because I was like, uh, oh, my God, thank you for reminding me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's telling the truth and being honest about it. It was really cool. That's cool. It was very cool. Yeah, it's, it's I sent that to the car companies. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And, and I'm not naming anybody in particular. They're they're all adorable. But I, you know, I just had to put my foot down. Yeah. No. Totally. Well, yeah. you, you have to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And, and, and and when it comes right down to it, you know, when you're doing the influential thing, it's your brand. It's yes. Not, it's not like you're an extension of another brand. It's your own brand. Yes. And you have to remember that that people will try to. And this doesn't happen all the time, but people will try to exploit you and get you to maybe sell out for what they're doing and change yes. change gears and then be under their umbrella, and you don't want to ever go that route. You don't. And in, in, in both ways, you don't want to think you're too important or that they're too important. Mm. So take out of the equation of anybody doing anyone any favors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even if you're working with a company that's going to pay you for that, they're not doing you a favor. You are offering value. Yeah. You are offering content. And I think that's what really messes up a lot of people's thinking, oh my gosh, well, I need to do this because they're they're really doing me a solid and support. Mm-hmm. No, it should be an even trade. Yeah. Total parity. Yeah. Or, you know, I've in, in my world, people are like, well, that, that company's huge and you know, they've been around forever and they've done they've done all these great things. Okay. That's awesome. But they're still calling you. So, right. so if they're calling you, there's a reason, and it's mm-hmm. not because you should give your your work away or your content away for mm-hmm. free, you know. And uh, I think right. I think I think the more that people um, dip their toe into that arena and they realize that like Facebook likes don't do anything, um, you it's, know, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of that can be bought. Oh, and by the way, all my stuff is organic. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It is like, and, and you're just rocking it. I, oh, I, I look to you to, I, I even had told you that when you did the video about, um, I think about a year ago, helping people out about their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It was such a great video. And oh, I was thanks. so glad that you did that. Cause I, I think it was just like, it just let people in on the, the backstory of you, you can do this too. You can do it right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you're right. You know, you don't, you don't want to ever have to pay for an audience or anything like that because then it's no. not authentic. There's some, there's some boosting that you can do if there's an event that you really want to get some eyeballs on, I mm-hmm. think. Um, especially if, if you're involved in, and hopefully everyone is involved in philanthropic work. That's kind of great. You know, mm-hmm. just that, definitely. that, that I think you, you can get when you want to get an audience to, you know, blast out a message for good. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's actually but if you are paying point. for likes, paying for engagement or followers, their followers, absolutely. The whole shebang people see through that. And it's, it's just, I love the word ersatz. It's, it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, it was a good chat. Yeah, definitely. I feel like NPR. <laughs> yeah, good talk. <laughs> well, it's nice having this huge microphone too. It's like it's like that's st- what she said. <laughs> you put that thing down. I was like, damn. I did. That's called my big silver boyfriend. <laughs> that's hilarious. Then my BSB.